Come gather ye friends around your flickering campfires and listen to tales of daring, horror, and high adventure from the warm pages of Mythory. Yay! Mythory! History's younger and more attractive cousin! Easy does it there, Captain Norfolk. Mythory again? And I don't know why I'm the one asking this, but aren't we supposed to be a history show? We are doing history. We're doing Ragnar Lothbrok. He probably wasn't real, Tombo. He might have been, Bilbo. There's giant magic cows in this story, Pervert. Spoilers, dear Uncle Bob Bob. Also, you weren't there. Could have been a race of gigantic magic cows wandering across Dark Age Scandinavia. Firstly, don't say Dark Ages. Real history people will tell you off. Will they? A pox on their thumbs. What am I supposed to call it then? The early medieval period. But that doesn't sound anywhere near as awesome as the Dark Ages. Neither of them sound awesome, you history nerds. Secondly, if there was a race of gigantic magic cows wandering early medieval Scandinavia, then why have we never found their bones? Because their bones dissolved and it made them go extinct. Obviously. Ah, gross. Gentlemen, we need to get on with the show before Uncle Bob Bob's bro Bob, Ollie Bob Bob, Tells us we're taking too long to get started again. Quick! I can't handle another vocal kicking from my own brother. He's the only one who listens, you know. Our tale begins in Dark Age Scandinavia. (laughs) Early medieval Scandinavia. It is a dark, cold night. Snow falls in flakes, illuminated by an icy moon and an ill wind blows across the frozen fjords of Norway. Braving the elements comes Heimir, guardian of the three-year-old girl Aslaug, last surviving member of the family of Sigurd the Dragonslayer. Who is Aslaug's father? And a tale for another time. Heimir carries a harp stuffed with treasure. And Aslaug, she's in there too. Why, you stuffed a three-year-old girl inside a harp? How big is the harp? And- why has no one called the police? It's okay, Bob-Bob. He's been feeding Aslaug a magic endless onion whenever she's hungry and has such mad skills with a Z with the harp that if she starts crying, he just plays a tune on it and she falls asleep. Oh, well, that's fine then. The weather worsens. Oh, the weather is turning foul. We need shelter, Aslaug. No endless magic onion will protect us if we spend all night in this. Suddenly... Out of the whitening gloom looms a small farmhouse, its tiny wind holes glowing with the gentle welcome of a warning fire. Shelter! Hello? Anyone home? Please, we need your help. Who are you? And what do you want? My name is Hymir, a humble peasant, and I have been travelling all day. Please may I take shelter from the storm by your fire. You're not gonna rob me, are you? Of course not. Or kill me, and then rob me? No. Or or ravish me, then kill me, then rob me? Well, you are safe from me, madam. All right. Come in. But I'm watching you. Hymir enters the small dwelling that Grima the farmwife calls home. It is a modest place, a central hearth 
fills the single room with smoke, light, and heat in equal measure. Aslau's protector can feel the iron gaze of Grima on him, sizing him up as if she were a predator and he her prey. There's only one of you. Uh, say what? You said we need your help. There's only one of you. Did I? Really? What a strange thing for me to say. I love my harp, you see. Yeah, yeah, it's like a member of my family. Now, when I said we, I of course meant me and it. The harp. Family. Dear, dear? Yep. Are you any good? I've been told I am. Well, let's have a look at it then. Okay. Who in all the nine realms are you? And why are you showing my wife an art? Are you some sort of muso perv, is it? Wait, what are you in ten dollar fist? Oh, Aki, my husband. You've returned. Well, of course I've returned, woman. I only went to check out the fish or something else that an early medieval Scandinavian farmer would pop out to do. And now I return to find my wife looking at another man's instrument. It's not what you think. Is it not? She asked to see it. Oh, you did. It's a lovely one. Best I've seen in an age. Oh, that's not helping. Why are you here? I came seeking shelter from the storm. Your lovely wife said I could sleep in the barn. I said he could sleep in the barn so he's not kept up all night by your snoring. I don't snore. You do. It's like sleeping next to someone sawing a giant log made out of phlegm. At least I've done my chores. I'll head to the barn then. It's been a long day. I done my chores this morning, you great oaf. Ah, oh, did you know? Ah, oh, yeah, good for you. Good for you. Okay, uh, night then. Oh, he's gone. Right, now you shut up and listen to me, Aki. Who are you telling to shut up? You shut up. Shut up! You! Now get your axe. You're gonna need it. Start speaking sense right now or I will get my axe. That Heimir, he's not who he says he is. Who did he say he is? He says he was an humble peasant. But humble peasants don't wear gold rings, do they? A gold ring? Yep. I swear I saw some purple silk sticking out of that harp that he's so fond of. Purple silk? Well, that don't come cheap. Exactly. I reckon that Imir is a nobleman or something like that, but he's on the run, which is why he's pretending to be humble. <laughs> that harp's probably fell to the brim with treasure. The fire of avarice alights in Aki's eyes. Well... What should we do about it? Oh, that's easy. You're gonna get your axe, wait for him fall asleep, and go to the barn, and you're gonna kill him! Am I? Yep. What if I don't want to? Then we remain poor and ugly for the rest of our miserable days. Well, we can't have that, can we? No, of course not. Now go get your axe. Yes, dear. Aki takes his axe from the wood pile and heads to the barn. There in the hay lays Hymir, sound asleep and hugging his harp, defenseless. 
Oh, I reckon this makes me a pretty bad person then. Ah, oh, well, at least I'll be a rich bad person. Oh! Ah! Hey, did you just stick that axe in my back? Yep. While I was sleeping. Oh, dude, low blow. Um, yeah, well, well I mean, I, 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 sorry about, I don't feel great about it. Sorry, um, um, sorry about all, um, can I have my axe back, please? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I know, Seriously, though, it's a, it's a family heirloom. Help yourself. Thank you very much. Sorry. Right. What happens now? Well, I won't lie. I was hoping that one whack would do the job, but you appear to be surprisingly okay for someone who's had an axe full on to the back. I have a mighty and heroic lineage. Do you? Yes. My father was... Dude, what is your problem? Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Knees are feeling... Wobble it. Down I go. Are you... Are you dead yet? Not quite. Must have vengeance. Yeah, right, right. C can I have my axe back again? With last breath. Must shout a war cry so loud. A barn collapses. Oh, no, don't do that. I need this barn for barn stuff. Mimir's last breath becomes a cry of rage and betrayal, so loud that the barn starts to rumble, then shake. Ah! Oh no! I mean, the consequences of my actions! They're the worst kind of consequences! With a great splitting of wood, the barn gives you. Aki dies clear at the last moment as the entire structure collapses in on itself. I give you one thing to do when you can't even get that right. You said kill him, didn't you? Well, he looks pretty dead to me. The barn's all smashed. And where's the heart full of treasure? It's in the... Oh, blast. No, it's probably smashed too. You'll be smashed in a minute if you don't shut your trap, woman. Gah! What's that horrible noise? It's coming from behind the barn. Aki and Grima head toward the sound of the child crying. And as they round the back of their now thoroughly flattened barn, they see a, a child crying. Clear off, you nosy little monster! Oh, don't you be so awful. Look at the poor thing. She's all, you know. Crying and whatnot. Where did she come from anyway? What? Hey, hang on. She's standing in a massive pile of treasure. Treasure? And the smashed remnants of the harp. Ymir must have been hiding her in there. It's because she's the real treasure. That'll be why. We'll raise her ourselves. We will do no such thing. Have you heard the terrible noise she's making? Oh, that's no problem. Watch. Shut your crying, or I'll give you something to cry about. <coughs> See? Easy peasy. We can't raise her. Look at her. She's all princessy. No one ever believed she was our child. Look, she's beautiful. She's golden hair and a, a pristine white silk gown. And we, in comparison, are hideous. We have so much mud in our hair that nobody even knows what color it is. And we are wearing sacks. Hi. I was beautiful in my youth. You were not. I was. In any way, I'll just, you know, cover her hair in mud and put her in a sack. 
well, actually, yeah, that might work. And that's precisely what they did. They raised Aslaug as their own child. They named her Cracker, which means crow, after Grima's mother. And many years passed. Aslaug spent her days dressed in a sack with mud in her hair. I have a question. And what question is that, dear Bob Bob? Um, why hasn't Ragnar Lothbrok been in the saga of Ragnar Lothbrok yet? Oh, he's on his way. But first, we need to meet a second noble lady. This one is called Thora Town Doe, and she's being spoilt by her doting father, Jarl Haroth of Gotterland. Oh, daughter, how I dote upon thee! Here, have a present! Thanks, Daddy. I love presents. I know you do, my little angel. Let's see what it is. Uh... Oh, look! He's adorable! A pretty pet snake! The man in the snake shop warned me against giving him to you because of all the venom, but I thought, no, no, that snake is too pretty not to be owned by my Tara. Oh, it's almost as pretty as you are! Oh, stop! <laughs> Don't stop! <laughs> I will not! The whole reason you call Thora down door is because you're as pretty as the prettiest creature that lives in the forest, the door, but you live in... The town. Yes, you've told me before. A lot. Daddy, I think Mr. Snakey is hungry. Then we shall have him fed, my darling. Yo, feed this snake. Oh, okay. And then he'll need somewhere to sleep. Of course, my flower! Oh, you're so clever! Here, have a present! Yay, present! You, after you've fed him, find him a snake bed! I'm not sure that's a thing, my yarl. Well, it might be! Find out! And if it's not a thing, then just put the snake in that box of treasure over there! I feed the snake, let it sleep in the box of treasure. Got it! Good lad, you'll go far! The night passed. And when Jarl Hereth entered his throne room the next morning... Oh my goodness, that snake is exactly twice as big as yesterday! And the treasure box has also doubled in size! Sweet! Well done, young man! You are officially hired as my prime snakeologist! I'm not sure that's a thing either, my Jarl. Well, you're the expert, son. You tell me! I'm really not. Another night passed. Would you believe it? Not only has the snake doubled in size again, but so is the treasure. You lads are the best snakeologists this world has ever known. I'm the only snakeologist this world will ever know. A week passed. Oh no! It's still doubling in size and it has for an entire week. You snakeologists did too well. Uh, at least you're incredibly wealthy now, my yarl. The treasure, too, has doubled every day. It's no good to us if we can't get to it, is it now? Oh, my little slice of honey cake, how perceptive you are. Here, have a present. I don't want a present, Daddy. I want the treasure. You have the princess, lad. Go kill that snake and get the treasure. But the snake's the size of your longhouse, my yard. It's eating an entire cow a day. How can I kill it? I'm no warrior. I'm a snakeologist. We know. And we're proud of you, lad. 
Now you go and use your hard-earned expertise and retrieve that treasure. Go! You know what? You're right. I can do this. I'm the world's premier snakeologist. Oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Or my name is... Oh, oh, that is not something that I needed to see at this time in the morning. Well, it looks like we're going to need another snakeologist. No, Daddy, you idiot. What we need is several armed warriors. But what if all of their skin is melted off by Mr. Snakey? Tell them whoever kills the snake... Well, let's not beat around the bush. It's not a snake, is it? It's a dragon. Tell the warriors whoever kills the dragon can have a share of the treasure. And That'll get us the best warriors. As you say, my little cloud of rainbows. You! Go tell everyone what we just said! Um, okay. And so the news was spread far and wide that Jarl Hereth had a dragon that needed slaying. The promised reward of a huge pile of gold and the hand of his daughter in marriage caught the attention of many a mighty warrior. What's your name, brave warrior? I am Barak Skullsmasher. Good name! You fought the dragon before, have you? No, but I'm a quick learner, and I'm also extremely good at smashing all kinds of skulls. Oh yes, I imagine you are, young man. Well, let me direct your attention towards my daughter, Donna Tounder. So cold because she's as pretty as the pretty- No need for that bit, Daddy. This dragon appears to have poisonous saliva, so try and avoid it. Avoid the saliva. Got it. Also, its blood can melt your skin off, so avoid that too. Blood makes skin melty. Right, okay, got it. Do you stand ready to save Gotterland, lad? Yes, I do. Then may you have more luck than the 34 other guys. Thank you. Wait, what? How many? Good luck. Now get it there. Okay, Smasher, you can do this. You can do this. Prepare yourself, dragon, for today. You will meet your doom in the form of me, Parax Cosmic. Oh, wow. He died very quickly. Oh, oh, he's not dead yet. Look. Oh, perhaps he's making a comeback. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, no, he isn't. Right, we got your warriors left. Um, no. I'm starting to think that I should have listened to that fellow in the snake shop. Night falls. Thora and her father retire to their beds with despair in their hearts. As they sleep, a legend enters their homestead. He stands nearly seven feet tall. His muscles are so muscly that they each have their own six-pack. His hair is shaved in that cool way that they styled it in the Vikings TV series. Or not, it's your imagination, listener. We're not going to spoon-feed you. In his hands, he grips the shaft of a spear, a spear so big and heavy that only he could lift it. He is Ragnar Lothbrok, except that he doesn't have the name Lothbrok yet, so for now, he's just Ragnar. The snake dragon smells fresh meat. Ragnar readies his spear. Time to die, you worm. Or 
Okay, let's dance. The dragon comes out of the gate strong and spits its hideous poison all over Ragnar. But Ragnar is one of those heroes that isn't just strong. He's smart. That's right. Ragnar has done his homework. He knows the dragon is poisonous. And has had himself some very special clothes made. Hairy trousers and a shabby cloak. The spit does Ragnar no harm. The dragon is shot. That's right, dragon. You won't be spitting today. Today, you'll swallow! Ragnar's massive spear punches into the underside of the dragon's head. The terrible blood splashes all over Ragnar's back. Oh no, his skin, all his skin will melt off. Fear not, dear Bilbo, for Ragnar had his trousers and cloak dipped in pitch and rolled in sand. His shaggy cloak protects him from the spit and the blood. Thank goodness. Also, what is the scientific basis for this? Ragnar has dealt the creature a fearsome blow, but it is not dead yet. Looks like this snake needs beating harder. Pulling free his spear, Ragnar leaps into the air. Landing on top of the dragon, he runs up its spine until he stands between its shoulder blades. We've been dragging this out too long. Ragnar's spear slams into the dragon's back. More blood fountains in the air, but once again Ragnar's legendary PPE does its job and stops him from being horribly melted. The beast gives a cry so loud the longhouse shakes to its very foundations. With a savage twist, our hero snaps off the head of his spear in the dragon's back and leaps to safety. And Superhero lands at the entrance to Jarl Heref's longhouse. With a final sigh, the dragon dies. Take that, dragon. Now, for no apparent reason, I will disappear. And Ragnar slips off into the night. Morning arrives. By Odin, thy bats, the dragon's all deaded. Ow! We were totally out of warriors, weren't we? Daddy, look! There's a spearhead still lodged in it. Well, so there is. Yo, grab that spearhead out of that poisonous dragon. Ah, oh, uh, okay. Um, here we go. <laughs> ah! Ow! Oh, ah! 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 My skin is all melting over! Oh, yeah, the melty skin blood. Oh, dear. Silly ass. Aren't we? <laughs> what are we like? Anyway, have a present. Yay, presents. Eventually, the spearhead is retrieved, and Jarl Hereth orders that it must be fitted to any remaining warrior with a broken spear's haft. And seeing as there is only one warrior with a broken spear haft within the radius of 400 miles, the Viking version of the Cinderella fairy tale doesn't take very long. Your haft fits this head perfectly. You must be the warrior that felled the dragon. You found me. Hello. Wow, you're a big lad. And you've got very strange trousers. Look how hairy they are. What's your name, big lad? Freddy Fancy Pants? My name is Ragnar, my lord. Ragnar? Is that it? Yes. No leg terror or nose poker or whatnot. It doesn't sound very heroic just by itself, does it? My lord, I am only 15. 
I haven't had much chance to make a name for myself yet. Only 15? But you're massive! Um, am I marrying a 15-year-old? Is that legal? You are, and it is. It's history time. I reckon you've earned a name for yourself this day, young man. Ragnar Dragonstabber? No, nothing so mundane. You shall be called Ragnar Lothbrok. Hairy trousers? Yes, Ragnar Hairy Trousers. By the gods, what a fearsome name. No, no, I, I'd really rather be called... You, go and tell everybody that Ragnar Hairy Trousers has killed the dragon and won on the hand of my daughter, Thora Tounder. Uh, okay. And so, for the first time, people heard the legendary name Ragnar Lothbrok. In Old Norse, Loth for hairy, and Brok for trousers. Ragnar married Thora Tounder, and they were very happy together. He became super famous, and all the mightiest warriors wished to fight at his side. Years passed and Thora bore Ragnar two sons, Eric and Agnar. And then, because this is history times and everything is basically awful, Thora died of a plague. Wow, that's a bit of a downer, isn't it? <laughs> I know, right? Poor Ragnar is heartbroken and decides the only thing that will bring him any sort of relief is to head off a Viking. Which is a concise way of saying, get the lads together, hop on your ship and cause a ruckus. Some say that it was during this time that the monastery at Lindisfarne off the northeast coast of England was first raided by the Viking. Which happened in 793 CE and is the first written record of a Viking raid on Britain. However, a lot of the rest of Ragnar's story focuses on events that occurred in and around 866, which would mean that Ragnar would have to have lived for the thick end of a century before his story is over. So, whilst it would be completely awesome if Ragnar Lothbrok was responsible for the first Viking raid on England, it is extremely unlikely. Again, I think you two are misunderstanding what something being awesome is. Let us push on with our tale. Occasionally, Ragnar and his Viking crew would have to stop and resupply, rather than just nick everything. And it's on one of these occasions that we find two of Ragnar's crew arriving at a familiar farmstead. What do you want? Gah! I mean, hi! Our master has sent us to bake bread for our crew. We were going to bake it in the field over there, but then we saw your farm, and we thought that the bread would be easier to make here. Please, may we use your hearth? Depends. You're not gonna rob me, are you? Uh, no. Or ravish me? Oh, oh God! No. no. Um, wow. All right, then come on in. I'll get my daughter to help you. Crackle! Get your useless bones over here and help these nice men make some bread. The two Vikings enter Grima's simple hut. It is then their eyes land on Cracker. She may have mud in her hair and be wearing a sack, but both men can see that she is the most beautiful woman they have ever laid their eyes on. Greetings, gentlemen. <clears throat> oh, how you? Bread. Okay. Cracker will shape the loaves if you two nice fellas bake them. Wow. Bread. 
Does he say any other words? Daughter, don't be so rude. Hang on, you're saying she's your daughter. Ah, no chance. What do you mean, no chance? Well, I mean, look at her. She's all princessy and beautiful and whatnot. And you're, well, you're... What? Like a wax candle of a witch that someone's put in the microwave for 30 seconds. Hey, I was beautiful in my youth. Here you go. I've shaped the bread for you. Bread. Oh, you poor thing. The two men bake bread with Cracker all afternoon, but both of them are so distracted by her beauty that they burn every single loaf. Upon arriving back at the ship, Ragnar is most unimpressed. You burnt the bread. We can't eat this. I should have both of you sawn in two vertically. It's not our fault, boss. There was a pretty lady. Look what you did to Svein. Bread. His brain is completely broken. How pretty was this lady? I mean, she had mud in her hair and she was wearing a sack. For some reason. But she made it work. She can't have been as pretty as my wife, Thora. I know that for a fact. Brad. You're right, Svein. I should meet her. You! What's your name? Sven. Almighty oh, Ragnar. Sven? Yep. And your friend is called Svein? Yes. Oh, well, that's just lazy writing. Brad. Sven, go back to the farm and tell this pretty lady that I, the mighty Ragnar Lothbrok, do wish to meet her, but though I have heard she is pretty, she needs also to be clever too. Give her this riddle. And so Sven returns to the farm to find Cracker. He wants me to what? Hey, I'm just the messenger. Please, put down that knife. Tell me one more time. My lord, the legendary and totally brilliant hero Ragnar Lothbrok has heard tell of your great beauty and would like to meet you. However, Ragnar respects a quick mind as much as anything else and so has set you this riddle that you must solve if you wish to meet him. And the riddle? You must meet Ragnar, neither clothed or naked, neither hungry or well-fed, and neither alone nor with another person. That's stupid. Riddles are stupid. Please, do it. Ragnar says if I don't make up for burning all the bread, he's going to blood-eagle me. Then you've got nothing to worry about. There's absolutely no archaeological evidence for blood-eagling at all. I said that to Ragnar, and he said absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. Did he? Hmm. Maybe I would like to meet him. The next day, Cracker arrives at Ragnar's ship, accompanied by a dog, and is brought before the mighty hero. So this is the mighty Ragnar Lothbrok I've heard so much about. I solved your riddle. Look, no person is with me. My skin is not bare, though I am not alone and I am not clothed. Cracker has brought a dog with her. She is neither alone nor with another person. She is also wearing nothing but an old fishing net, meaning she is not naked, but she is definitely not clothed either. Nice. Cracker takes a bite from an onion. And by biting this onion, I am neither hungry ugh, nor well fed. Well done. I think that I would like to marry you. Would you now? Here, take this golden shirt. It was my wife's. One of Ragnar's men offers Cracker a sumptuous garment. It shimmers in the light and has real gold worked into its hem. There's a lot to unpack there. Firstly, 
No, I'm not going to wear your dead wife's clothes. What's wrong with you? And secondly, I'll certainly not dress as a queen when I'm surrounded by peasants. But I just said that I would marry you. There is absolutely no chance that I'm going to get on some random guy's ship and immediately marry him, because that would be stupid. But I'll tell you what, you go off and do some raiding, and if the next time the tide brings you this way, you still want to marry me, I'll do it. Now prove to me you're an honourable fellow, and let me return to the farm. And because Ragnar Lothbrok is an honourable fellow, he does precisely that. Cracker returns to the farm and waits to see if Ragnar truly does want to marry her. Months pass. First one, then two, then three. And then one morning Cracker spies a sail on the horizon and she knows it is Ragnar come to take her away. I'll take this sack and that one and... Hmm, that one's mudstains are so lasty. Cracker! What on earth are you doing? Who said you can pack your sacks? Planning a trip somewhere, young lady? As a matter of fact, I am. I'm off to marry Ragnar Lothbrok. Ragnar Lothbrok? I don't think so, daughter. I am not your daughter. <gasps> Cracker! How could you say such a thing? My name is not Cracker. It is Oswald! And then, in a super, super awesome Scarlet Witch-type manoeuvre, Aslaug uses magic powers to lift Aki and Grima into the air by their ankles. Aslaug's eyes glow with supernatural power as she stares at the two farmers. I know what the two of you did. I have always known. But we, we didn't do anything. You murdered my protector, Hymir. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 but from that, we did do that. How can you possibly remember that? Why, you were three years old. I remember everything. My father was Sigurd, slayer of dragons. My mother was Brunhilde, the Valkyrie. I'm the last of the veneer, and my blood is the blood of the gods. Ooh, doesn't someone have an argument? I should kill you both for what you did to Hymir. <laughs> but I won't. Oh, Instead, I'm going to curse you. Curse you both. Oh, this sounds much worse. Each day will be worse for you than the last. And your last day will be the worst you have ever had. So sayeth I. Aslaug of the Vanir. And now I will leave you forever. But we're still floating upside down. Oh, of course. Let me sort that out for you. And so, having placed a terrible curse upon those who stole her and raised her, Aslaug leaves the farmstead for the last time. Of course, Ragnar does not know that she is Aslaug. To him, she is still Cracker, the peasant girl. Cracker arrives on Ragnar's ship, and though he wishes for them to be married immediately, she says she will only marry him when they reach his kingdom. But we'll have to find out what happens next time. <laughs>
I don't remember the version of this story where Auslaug is basically Scarlet Witch. Yeah, but that's the great thing about sagas, isn't it? Rampant embellishment! Why didn't Aslaug use her mad witch skills on Aki and Grima earlier? Who knows? As we'll find out next time, Aslaug makes some, you know, strange decisions during this story. And so, dear listener, we have been... And for all the stuff we added... And the bits we left out... We are... As ever... Sorry! Sorry! Episode 54, or Loth to Brock the Subject, Ragnar Lothbrok Part 1, was written, performed, and produced by the Silly History Boys. The parts of the mighty Ragnar Lothbrok and the unfortunate-looking Grima were voiced by Tom Tombo Fermor. The parts of the harp-playing Hymir, the very-much-winging-it world's premier snakeologist Lothbrok's man Sven were voiced by Will Uncle Bilbo Tristram. The parts of the unfortunate-looking Aki, the overconfident Barak Skullsmasher, Lothbrok's man Svein, and the dragon were voiced by Rob, dear Uncle Bob Bob Bond. And the parts of Jarl Hereth and, well, only Jarl Hereth were taking a day off, were we, Perver? Only joking, listeners, he really slogged his guts out on this one. So the parts of Jarl Hereth were voiced by Stu the Pear Bear Perry. And what a pair of characters voiced by Gemma von Bon 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 Bon. I don't know if we've nailed the name down for her yet. But Gemma voiced Thora Toundo and Cracker, who turns out to be Auslaug, wonderfully. Cheers, Gemma. A big thanks to Zapsplat for music and timid door knocks when, you know, you're asking, is anyone home? All the way up to, oh my God, let me in door hammerings. And also extra music by Scotty Scott Scott Buckley. Thank you, Scott. We use your music all the time. He's like 50% of the show these days. Please do check us silly boys out on Facebook and Twitter. And please do rate and review. Yeah, leave a review. Why not? By the time this is out, three of the silly boys, Tombo, Pear Bear and Bilbo, will be down in Old Sarum in Salisbury doing some Viking shenanigans. And then on the 23rd and 24th of August, all four silly boys are back up northeast at Walkworth, Walkworth Castle doing their king off, where the boys will take three notorious English kings and pit them against each other to see who will win the king off. There may be, I don't know, Richard the Lionheart, Bad King John, and Richard the Third. Oh, hey, hey, did somebody say my name? Here I am, here I am. Oh, yes. Hi, listeners. Spoilers. It's me. I'm the best. Get out of here, Richard. Okay, Josh, get off my back. Sorry about that. So if you find yourself in the Northeast, why not come say hello to the Silly Boys at Walkworth Castle, 23rd and 24th of August. Well, we're out of here now, folks. We're going to say goodbye by slamming a door in your face. Thanks, Zap Splat. Sorry. Now I can move the creaky chair all alike. Enjoy 30 seconds of this, doozy. Mm-mm, creaky chair.